Hi there guys, welcome to the Body Power Mind podcast with me, Adam Robinson. Today I talk with Michael Ujoa, online personal trainer, performance nutritionist and speaker. If you're currently questioning your exercise routine or your diet, this podcast episode is perfect for you. So let's learn, let's apply, let's inspire, let's do it. So, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today on the Body Power Mind podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Um, I just want to sort of dive straight in, really. Um, can you give us a, an overview of your profession and the highlights uh, of your career so far? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, mate. I really appreciate it. Uh, so, as you said, my name is Michael Ujoa. Uh, I'm a personal trainer, performance nutritionist. Uh, I run an online personal training company based out of Edinburgh. Uh, I've currently worked with clients in about 15 different countries. I'm a podcaster, speaker, um, <laughs> trying to think of other ways to describe myself. Yeah, I guess highlights of my career so far. Um, speaking at the Edinburgh Wellbeing Festival, uh, the two, the last two years, uh, I wrote an article for Men's Health magazine, and I was recently interviewed on BBC Radio Scotland. So that's a, a very brief introduction to me. Wow, that that's incredible, and the list just goes on, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a fun few years since I started personal training. I love it, and um, I'm sure you'll agree. I do think we we honestly do have the best job in the world. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's, it's great. Um, so such a rewarding job, and it's you know it branches off to mm. so many different areas. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Um, I want to go back to the um, the men's health article. What what did you actually write the article on? Do you know what? The article, I'm kind of underplaying it here a bit, but the article wasn't that great. <laughs> so I don't know if you've, uh, if you've ever kind of been approached by magazines or message magazines to write articles for them. It's kind of just, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it. You kind of take any opportunities that they give you. Um, so I got contacted by um, a men's health um, one of their writers and just said, we're writing an article about this. Do you want to do it? Basically. So there wasn't very much artistic license. Uh, and they were asking for kind of the best body weight exercise <laughs> to be performed or the best body weight exercise that looks more impressive than it is. That was the exact uh, thing that they came to me with. Uh, and I went for, I went for handstand press up, but it is actually quite impressive and quite hard to do. So that is massively it was, uh, impressive. Yeah, 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 really hard. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite a bizarre article, but um, it was just quite cool to kind of create some links there with the magazine. And I know I criticize magazines like Men's Health and Muscle and Fitness for a lot of the stuff that they write. Um, but now and again, they have some brilliant articles in there. So I did jump at the chance to to be a collaborator on that. Yeah, that that's awesome. It's um, yeah, like you say, I think if any any magazine comes up to you, especially Men's Health, you know, it's such a such a big magazine, it'll be such a pleasure to write something for them, I guess, as well. Exactly. Yeah, it was just really exciting to be part of it and to kind of see your name in there and to show the hard work that I've been plugging into social media and to, yeah, to have that in print was um, yeah, I was proud of it. Even if the article wasn't fantastic, I was still proud of being able to contribute. Yeah, definitely. So. Um, I want to sort of go back to the start then really. So how did you ultimately start your fitness journey? Okay, so I trained as an occupational therapist uh, back in the day, back at uni. I graduated uh, in 2011 as an occupational therapist. Uh, I started working as an OT for, I think I worked there for about three years doing that. 
um, before thinking this is not what I want to be doing with my life at all. I didn't enjoy it. And I've always promised myself that I that I will love the work that I do. So I decided to do a bit of a career switch up. Uh, and if I'm honest, I thought oh, I'll do personal training for a little bit because I like training. I'm interested in nutrition. It could be quite fun. There's a little bit of a stopgap. Uh, and that was maybe six years ago now. Um, so I trained up as a PT before moving up to Edinburgh. Uh, trained as a PT and then got a job at David Lloyd, Castor uh, Finway, um, in a good old big box gym where they throw lots of clients at you. Um, whether you can last in, a, in an infrastructure like that long term, who knows? But yeah, I kind of think of it as an apprenticeship. I worked there for about a year um, gained a lot of experience working with a variety of clients and then decided to go it alone and start my own business up, basically. So where did that interest come from in the first place? The you know you said you you said you were quite into your fitness and nutrition from from the start. Where where did that come from? I've just always had a bit of an interest in in training and strength training, especially. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that I did it very well when I was kind of fifteen, sixteen, but I always had an interest in lifting weights and trying to build muscle. I always loved playing football, um, riding my bike, doing stupid things like that kids do, and um. Yeah, I just thought that because I've got a, a big interest in just exercise in general, then it could be something that I could do for a short period of time. Uh, and yeah, I just decided to train in that. And then shortly after becoming um, a PT, just after I qualified, I started to get quite unwell, a lot of digestive discomfort. Um, and after going to multiple GP trips, to hospital checkups, I had cameras put inside of me, blood tests taken, uh, only to be told that everything is fine and I had no issues. Uh, and I really did have a lot of issues. I felt horrendous. Uh, so after just Googling it uh, for a short period of time, because no, no doctor was giving me any clear answers, uh, I found a website that was saying how you can do an elimination diet um, so I just started cutting out different food groups and I shortly found out that I was lactose intolerant uh, and also eggs as well tend to really mess my stomach up and it just completely blew my mind that I could see that many healthcare professionals and none of them suggested diet to me um, and that just kind of sparked my love of nutrition uh, so shortly after that I signed up to a course with uh, body type nutrition uh, I signed up to their year-long nutrition course and yeah that was the start of it for me and as much as I love strength training I would always say nutrition is my main love now um, if you if you want to talk nutrition with me no matter how nerdy the topic then I'm all I'm always up for it yeah I think I remember talking to you last time actually I remember I remember saying that I had the same um the, the same thing as you really where I was intolerant to eggs I'm intolerant to to lactose as well to dairy and um it's I think my my passion for nutrition is sort of sparked in the same as in the same way yours has as well where you sort of experiment through your own um elimination diet you see what works what doesn't and you see how you feel after certain foods and and yeah you just almost it becomes more intriguing in in a way I guess yeah, I think when you realize how much of a part your nutrition can play in not just your physical health, but mental health too, it's kind of like you've seen the light, isn't it? Um, and you just want to help spread that positive message about food. And so many people come to me with issues and I'm like, oh, I think if you just change this up with your diet, you're just going to feel so much better. And when you start seeing those results with clients as well, when you start taking the diet, improving it slightly, and then every area of their life benefits as a result, it's, yeah, it honestly is the best feeling. Yeah. So if um, someone is listening to this podcast now and they're thinking, I want to I want to start my fitness journey, I want to start eating better. Um, 
how how important is it to have a healthy balanced diet when you are training it's unbelievably important uh, it it always worries me how many people have been to see personal trainers and personal trainers don't provide nutrition support with their services and because i do feel like if you're not getting your nutrition right you're not completely wasting your time but your progress will be massively hindered if you don't get what you're fueling yourself with correct um so I always put a very strong emphasis on every client I work with on nutrition, whether they come to me for nutrition support as their main goal. Um, if, if you get your nutrition right, then everything else just falls into place. You can go into the gym knowing that what you're eating is fueling your workouts. It's going to make you feel good. It's just going to help. You can have a, a functioning digestive system that's not causing you any issues. And yeah, a, a lot of people don't put a big enough emphasis on their diet. So if you're just starting off, um, I would always recommend if you've got a fairly healthy relationship with food in the past, um, some sort of food diary, starting off with that. Even if you don't go into kind of the intricacies of calorie counting, um, I think just writing down the foods that you regularly consume can be a bit of an eye opener for a lot of people. And I'm sure you've seen this with a lot of your clients too. Yeah, it's, I, I always advise them to, to, you know, at least keep track of their calories to a level, I guess. Um, and then you sort of get an idea of how much you should be eating, how, you know, what you should, what you shouldn't be eating, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think it's important to just be aware of the, the calories that you are consuming because you'll obviously be able to um, expel them in the gym a little bit more there as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and I always love it when you go through that process with a new client and, and they start tracking their diet and they think, oh, God, I never realized that was that many calories in like pasta or, or whatever it is. And it can it can really change the way that you eat for the rest of your life when you really know what is in the foods that you regularly consume. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I found as well is that um, some of my clients have come in and they they see calories as a bad thing, which I try and eliminate from their from their head altogether. Um, because you know, a calorie is a, a unit of energy essentially. That's all it is. But the calories are almost like vilified, I guess, in in it to some extent to make people not want to eat at all. Um, how I mean, can you give any advice on that topic there to get people to eat, start eating the right things? Yeah, I think we, most people just have a really bad relationship uh, when it comes to, to food and especially dieting. Like a lot of the people that we come in contact with, um, a lot of it will be weight loss. Uh, they've maybe tried to lose weight in the past using multiple different means. Um, and I think that that people start to struggle uh, in regards to knowing what they should be doing. Um, and they think that you need to starve yourself and it needs to be a really painful, horrible process in order for you to be healthy. And it just doesn't need to be like that at all. Like when you're fueling yourself correctly and eating the foods that feel good for you, uh, the foods that kind of help you to thrive in everyday life or in the gym, it really will completely change the way that you look at kind of food and exercise moving forward. Um, so yeah, I I think people just put, they put their focus certainly on simply calories and scale weight. And they put so much of an emphasis on that rather than focusing on all the other areas that are really important too. Like, am I feeling good whilst eating all of these foods? Um, for women, is my menstrual cycle being interrupted by the way that I'm, I'm restricting myself of calories? There's just so many different areas of this that people just don't consider. Yeah, and one thing I wanted to brush over as well was the macro side of it. Um, one thing I see on social media all the time is, you know, you should be in this amount of macros for carbohydrates, proteins, fats, you know, we should be eating this much protein, we should be eating this much fat, et cetera, et cetera. And it, it gets 
into a bit of a minefield, I think, um, with all of it. Can you can you just give us a simplified version of how macros work within the body? Of course, yeah. So there's no one size fits all. And I think that's the most important thing to say off the bat. Uh, a lot of people will see these calculators and see, right, this is the amount of calories I should be eating. This is the amount of fat, protein, carbohydrate. And they think that they have to stick to that, even if that doesn't quite work for them. Um, all of these calculators and guides that you see online are a good starting point. But you need to be aware that um, your body is unique. The way that you react to foods is unique. Uh, the kind of foods you need to fuel yourself is unique and it's it comes down to preference a lot of the time uh, so yeah if you if you get the calories right that's a great starting point but if your balance of protein carbs and fat is not right for you then that's when you can start seeing some major issues um, so a lot of people will focus on eating a lot of protein which is great especially if you're starting to lose weight um, or wanting to build a uh, build a bit of muscle protein is used there for growth and repair so it becomes really important um, as soon as you start exercising regularly and um, dietary fat is one that a lot of people tend to restrict because they see the word fat and start to panic that it's really bad for you uh, but we do still need a regular intake a, a substantial amount of healthy dietary fat within the diet mainly just for kind of hormone function energy production uh, healthy hair skin nails all that kind of stuff and um, as soon as you cut your carbohydrate um, your dietary fat sorry too low you can start to see some real issues and then carbohydrate is another one that people are very, very scared of consuming because it gets ostracized slightly, uh, especially on social media. Carbohydrates are bad, sugar's bad, fruit's bad, all this nonsense you see. Uh, but carbohydrates are really important too. We need them in our diet to perform exercise efficiently, uh, especially if you're doing any longer form exercise such as swimming, cycling, running, dancing, hill climbing, whatever it is, carbohydrate is going to be our main energy source. So if you cut that too low, your energy levels are just going to plummet and your exercise is going to be impacted. Yeah, I get um, I get it quite a lot. I get people saying that, you know, they've cut out bread out their diet um, and with fats and stuff, they say, you know, I'm trying to cut out as much fat as I can. I don't want to eat any fat, but it's massively important to still get these things in just in moderation, um, I think is the, the, the key term, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And especially women, once again, coming back to menstrual cycles too, it's it's an area that I've been focusing on a lot recently uh, because a lot of my female clients are almost a little bit um, scared or maybe they think that because I'm a male PT, I don't want to know about how their cycle is reacting or how it's impacting their exercise. But if you do cut your dietary fat intake too low, then you can see that you'll have some issues in regards to menstrual cycles. So making sure that your calories and certain macronutrients are high enough to support your body's normal functioning is just really, really important. So um, yeah, please don't, if anyone listening to this is going through a dieting, dieting protocol or or doing anything funky with their diet, make sure that you are still consuming enough calories for your body to remain healthy. Yeah, I'm so happy you just said that to make sure that you are eating a plentiful amount of calories, especially if you're training. Um, you, you usually get the opposite. You get people training too much and not eating enough, and it just leads to burnout. And yeah, not, not good at all, really. Um, but one question I do get asked all the time is what um, people should eat before they train. Um, what's, what sort of things would you go for if, if you were, you know, you had a workout coming up and you needed to fuel your body for it? Yeah, I, it's another one of those, isn't it? I guess a lot of questions 
when it comes to health and nutrition is it depends. And I'm sure you're really frustrated with um, the way that you have to say that before every answer that you give on social media. Uh, there is no one size fits all approach, as I keep banging on about. Um, so some people like to eat just before a workout. I'm one of those weirdos that can consume a fairly large meal just before I train. But I know that other people require kind of quite a few hours, uh, a gap between eating and performing. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's kind of up to you. But if we're kind of thinking of giving a broad recommendation for people exercising, I would say something kind of fairly high in protein and carbohydrates so that you're giving yourself um, kind of refilling those energy stores, uh, those glycogen stores within your muscles. So you've got So what sort of healthy um, sources of the, the, the protein and carbohydrates could we, could we go for there? Um, I, fruits and vegetables are always a great source of carbohydrate. Uh, things like rice, pasta, potatoes. Uh, I guess I'm trying to think of a great way to describe it. It's kind of single ingredient healthy foods. Is that kind of a bit of a, a broad cop-out term that I've used there? Um, that any kind of carbohydrate that isn't kind of junk food based might be quite a good way to describe it. Um, and then in regards to protein, kind of fairly lean protein sources, um, there's a lot of things that come within that bracket. Uh, so it could even be kind of tofu, seafood, chicken, turkey. Um, if you're vegan, kind of mixed beans, lentils, that kind of stuff. Brilliant. Yeah. Good. Um, a good range of food there that we can have just before we start exercising. Perfect. Um, I want to brush on to uh, exercise now, really. Um, usually when people start in the gym, most of the time they have excess body fat and they want to lose the body fat and they want to tone up, which I find is a very common thing that people want to do in the gym. And I'm sure that's what all of us want to do. I mean, I'm sure, you know, we, we want to do it as well. Everyone wants a nice, a nice body. Um, but to lose weight in the gym, we hear that cardio is the best to do, strength training is the best to do, it'll burn more calories. I mean, what is your opinion on this? And do you have any sort of like research to, to back anything up there? Yeah, I always encourage people to have kind of a strong foundation of strength training at the base of their training routine. Uh, I know that once again, it's going to be an individual thing. Uh, some people might really hate doing strength training in the gym. There's some of those weirdos out there that don't like lifting weights. Um, but yeah, if you can have kind of a, a strong grounding of strength training at the base, um, I guess you could lose weight by doing no cardio at all. You don't have to do it. Um, as long as you're creating that calorie deficit um, and maintaining a, a kind of a healthy and active body, if you're keeping a, a calorie deficit there, you are going to lose body weight or body fat, should I say. Um, but if you can have strength training at the base, if you're in a calorie deficit, it's going to help to preserve lean muscle mass, um, you're just going to feel strong and awesome uh, as a, a nice added benefit there. Um, the issue I mainly find with people that take a kind of a cardio uh, approach to lose weight is sometimes they can struggle a lot more with hunger cues than those that stick to strength training. Um, I know that I feel this too. Uh, I, I'm currently training for an Ironman 70.3 in June uh, and then hopefully a full Ironman the following year. And I find on days that I do a lot of cardio, my hunger levels just absolutely go through the roof, whereas I don't get that when I'm doing strength training. So once again, it's it's com completely personal. Like Some people do cardio and they don't get those massive surges of hunger, but um, a lot of the clients I work with find that the more cardio they do, the more issue they have with keeping their calories down. Do you think that's to do with um, metabolism as well? 
Potentially, yes, potentially. It's um, yeah. I, I don't know what the exact cause is. It just seems to be seems to be the way, especially that I feel it. Um, yeah, I guess the the strength training boosting metabolism for a longer period of time than just from that training session. It could be so many different things coming into play. Um, but if I find the best mix is mainly strength training and then supplement that with a little bit of cardio. If you find that kind of longer form cardio, like going for a kind of a long run or cycle or something like that is quite taxing and causes your hunger levels to go through the roof, then just really stripping it back and even just incorporating a lot more walking. Uh, walking just tends to be the most underplayed form of exercise that you can do in regards to weight loss. Um, the amount of calories you can burn, it's really low impact, um, really low stress on the body, especially when you're going through a dieting phase and restricting your body of food that it needs. There's so many different ways you can play it, but it depends on the client. Yeah, I guess it comes back to that. Uh, so there's not one size that fits all. I guess it comes back to that all the time, really, doesn't it? Um, and it, this is why yeah, exactly. people to, to, you know, this, they're getting bombarded with stuff every single day on social media. You know, we should be eating this. We should be doing this. We should be, you know, we should be training with this. Um, and I guess, like you say, not everyone's the same. So it's all about experimenting, I guess, as well. Yeah, you do. You just got to find that approach that works for you. And, and if you can find it and you've kind of won, um, it'd be great if there was this kind of set plan that everyone had to follow to lose weight or to build muscle effectively. But it just it doesn't exist, unfortunately. Yeah, if only. It'd be so much easier. <laughs> it would. I think we'd be out of a job, though, mate, to be honest. <laughs> I know. I think we would, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, one thing I want to ask you again as well is when people first start they are usually very confused as to how long they should be in the gym for and how many times a week they should be going for as well um is there a, a you know a rough estimate where we can start with with this i would always say just start small i think so many people start uh, a new exercise routine they start going to the gym and they think that there's got to be all or nothing um, and it really just doesn't have to be that way at all um, you're much better off maybe starting small, aiming for kind of two, three days in the gym until that becomes habit. And then maybe start increasing that until you feel like you found your sweet spot. Uh, if building muscle is your aim, then you can still build some pretty decent muscle going to the gym just three days a week. Uh, if you've got a chance to go four or five days a week, perfect. Um, but I think people just need to find a way of incorporating the form of exercise they need to do or want to do into their lifestyle. Uh, if people start doing too much too soon and it becomes a bit overwhelming, that's when they throw in the towel and think that oh, this isn't for me because I need to do too much. Yeah, and I and I find that sometimes when people come into the gym as well, um, you know, if it, they might be keen on getting their fitness um, up to a good level, they might they might be onto their diet, maybe eating really well, but they might be quite nervous about actually starting the gym. Um, mm -hmm. what sort of advice can you give those people who, you know, that they're, they're desperate to get going, but their mind is just holding them back. Their confidence is holding them back. When it gets to that point, I feel people just need to be a bit braver in asking for help. Uh, I think as humans, sometimes we can be a bit, uh, a bit stubborn and think that we can do everything on our own. Whereas when it comes to strength training and creating these healthy habits that are really going to last forever, because that's, what we should all be aiming for um starting by asking someone for help who knows what they're doing or finding a group of people that are doing what you want to be doing so you've got that support network there if you can find someone or something or a group of people that are going to 
keep you coming back and help lift you up, especially during the times when things feel like they're not clicking as they should be, then that is an absolute game changer. So whenever you are struggling, always go and ask for help. Um, I'm sure any reasonable and really good personal trainer or gym manager will come and support you there, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't even need to be, I think people, when we say ask for help, they think that we're saying they need to go and pay for a PT. I know that a lot of people can't afford personal training. It can be quite expensive. Um, And it, it doesn't need to be kind of going to that extent, even just going into your local gym speaking to the gym instructors there and saying, can I just have like four or five exercises to get started so I can build my confidence? Um, And that's really going to help. It doesn't have to be this kind of massive step forward that's going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah, definitely. And um, I'd also like to sort of touch on the, the that mental side of it as well. Um, I was talking about um, a lack of confidence and a low self-esteem there. Do you find that exercise actually helps uh, with that? And how does it actually affect you mentally there if you, if you are training? Yeah, completely. I think that's possibly the biggest benefit of regularly exercising, not just strength training, but but any form of exercise is the mental benefits that can come from it as a result. Uh, I know I struggled with anxiety, low body confidence, low confidence in general when I was growing up. And I found that as soon as I started exercising regularly, especially lifting weights, I just found that everything seemed to improve as a result. And now I find that when I go away on trips where I can't exercise for a few days or I try and give myself my body a little bit of time off because I know that sometimes it's needed I can really feel the difference mentally um, and by keeping to a consistent exercise routine my mental health just it just flies it feels so much better and I'm not going to lie and say that kind of having a slightly more muscular physique doesn't help uh it's the main reason i like lifting weights i like the way that my body looks i like building a good amount of muscle and looking quite good in a t-shirt i don't think there's anything wrong in saying that and um yeah i I think there's just so many benefits other than just physical that uh that especially strength training can give so i do encourage every single person listening to go and lift some weights Uh, it doesn't matter what age you are it can benefit you and the older you get the more benefits that are seen so uh, yeah everyone lift weights do it it's awesome uh, yeah perfect perfect <laughs> yeah I, I find i do i i find that as well um i have some people that i know who you know they aren't into all the looking good you know in a t-shirt and stuff like that and you know they wouldn't take pictures of themselves but i think i think it's important to have that ability to love yourself to some extent as well you know i think you have to and that's what makes you feel good mentally yeah, completely. It just you know, it just gives that little bit of boost of confidence, doesn't it? Kind of knowing that kind of your physique looks quite good, you feel nice and strong and athletic. Like there's there's a lot that comes with that. It's uh, as as arrogant as it can sound. Like it it shouldn't all be about that. I think the only reason you're lifting weights is to get big, and, and I just think that your goals are going to be very short lived. Um, but it is a very um, it's a great benefit that comes along with it. Yeah. So I mean, once we've started our journey and we're doing really really well we will have some off days as well i guess um what is the best way of staying motivated especially on these off days i think it's going to be different for everyone uh, personally i find that following certain social media accounts really helps uh, social media gets a very very bad rep because there's a lot of nonsense on there but i think uh, social media is only as bad as the way that you approach it 
that makes sense. Uh, if you can use it as a tool for positive change and you follow the accounts that make you feel good and, and make you feel motivated to go and exercise, then that can be brilliant. Uh, I think people also need to be understanding and aware that sometimes taking a step back can be one of the biggest steps forward that you that you can take. Um, knowing that you're maybe doing a bit much your body needs a bit of a rest or if things aren't quite clicking just kind of regrouping and and reassessing your goals and why you think you're actually doing it can can really help you in moving forward um and then once again it, it comes back to that when you're getting started you need to find a way of exercising that fits into your lifestyle and that isn't all consuming like if the gym is the only thing that you do and the only thing you talk about and and your whole life revolves around the gym i think that that's when it can become a slightly unhealthy obsession like us exercising the way that we eat and everything should kind of enhance our lifestyles and not restrict it and hold it back yeah some some great points there um michael i just want to thank you um so much for coming on the show again today it's been a, it's been a pleasure speaking to you um and it always is it's great um we've you know i follow your account as well on instagram um you're always putting great content on there um debunking all these fitness myths and all sorts and you know your, your podcast is fantastic as well um i'd encourage anyone to go and listen to that podcast it's called just the fitness tip and it's with michael Yejoa and jason old as well um if our listeners want to get in touch with you or want to learn any more from you, um, where can they get hold of you? Yeah, so you can find pretty much everything about me on my website, which is just uh, my name, michaelujoa.com, or contact me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and that is just at PT. Um, Yeah, you'll probably see me floating about on the internet calling out some idiot within the fitness industry trying to sell you lies it's uh no it's great but thank you so much for having me mate i do really appreciate it um i wish you all the best with your podcast and um yeah thank you for plugging mine as well it's really appreciated <laughs> no no it's no problem at all thanks for coming on um i just want to finally finish michael with just one more question um what is the most valuable thing that you have ever learned in your life That's a, that's a good question. Most valuable thing I've ever learned in my life. Uh, hmm, okay. So I would say, as cheesy as it sounds, everything you do should lead to your overall happiness. Uh, so that's like when I was talking about with the work that I was doing. Um, I was doing a job that was fairly well paid. Uh, from the outside, people looking at my job would have said, oh, he's doing quite well. Um, he should be really happy with what he's achieving. And if things just aren't right and it's not clicking and you're not feeling happy or I'm trying to think what's the best way to describe it. If you feel like you're not providing value or your, your work is not um, enhancing your life once again, then I encourage people to change things up. Um, and that might be a really rubbish answer to a really deep philosophical question you've just given me. But I would just say, if it's not making you happy or enhancing your life get rid of it it's not worth it thank you for listening guys if you enjoyed this episode today please share it around with your friends and family members and give them the tools to transform their life as well my name is adam robinson and this is body power mind Bye.